lovely people. What's good? Welcome to Sister Chat with Deb B. Living Success Fully. I'm your host, Deborah Benjamin, aka Deb B. And this is a safe space for diving deeply into how transformative change can be a catalyst for building your best life and becoming more of your best self every day. We'll be chatting with some amazing humans who'll share their stories and drop gems for motivation and inspiration as you embrace your power and create successful living on your own terms at any age. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to part two of Working Success with Nicole Charles. Previously, you got a taste of Dr. Charles's philosophy and heard some of her history. I hope you're ready to have your mind and perspective blown wide open as we dive into spiritual leadership. Let's get to it. My next question, which is about spiritual leadership and how you made that a part of your toolkit, particularly about, you know, the divine and and giving the best of you and your soul work speaks so loudly and wonderfully to spiritual leadership and how you bring that to what to any position that you take and how you use that to the benefit of the organization and also to benefit those that you are guiding. Mm, okay. How does or did spiritual leadership come into play? Yes. Um, so there was a, I had a staff member, and I, I got the staff member right outside of college. Mm-hmm. And she was working on the campus that she graduated from. And she was very, very popular in, on campus. She's a cheerleader. She was a Fulbright scholar. I mean, she was a, a little protege. She was all of these things and highly admired by her peers. Uh-huh. And I, that was fine, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm boss lady. And it's like, listen, you come to work, you need to work and all these people. And it was like this revolving door of her friends coming in to wish her luck. And you got the job and they were all happy for her. But something they were staying in the office a little longer than I thought they should have. And I wanted her to be like, listen, you got to go out working. But she was young. And it was like, nah, hey, yeah, I'm working. But you're not working if you're talking all day long, right? right. So I'm kind of getting this little attitude, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't express that attitude. But that that anger that I had, that I felt she should have came in knowing, was built up, mm. and I was holding on to it. Mm. And I was about to fire. I was about to terminate her because I was like, "Listen, I don't have time for this. I need people to work. I'm not paying you for free to fraternize. Not saying I wanted some rigidity, but you know, I'm not on Facebook all day long. And it's like I need for you to work when you're working. I need your friends to kind of leave." Mm-hmm. Did not hear the first thing when you start your morning, and it shouldn't be the last thing that I'm seeing when I'm leaving the office. So I went to, at that time, I went to my board president, and I'm expressing my anger that's kind of rising and bottling because it's it's been there. You know, of course, now I've added a little bit of more gravy and some salt to this because that's what we do when we don't express our truth, adding other ingredients and giving us more in our capacity. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's the that that's real. True talk. True talk. It's real, right? Yeah. Yes. So that's the human side of me, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, 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 but we don't do that. So I had this attitude of kind of like, hmm. And it was also this haughtiness of I'm the boss. You shouldn't do this. So I went to my board president, talked about this, and my board president asked a very simple, a few questions. What she's doing, is she doing it? Is she doing it well? So it's really about a personality thing. Your job is not about her personality. You hired her, therefore lead her. Never forgotten that. So it's it was in the guidance. The Christians would say, are you going to lift up the least amongst them? Yeah. At that moment, in my faith, we call it the crown of Hosea. Christians would call it the consciousness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Muslims would say it is the iman of who I am, the faith of who I am. It is what you stand, it's the foundation of what you stand I realized at that point. Mm-hmm. That how dare I have this indignation to a young girl who's never held a job. It is my job to lead her into her excellence. But if I'm not being of my excellence, how can I expect her to be? Dr. This wonderful woman, I will say her name with pride, Dr. Catherine Alicia George, really brought me into leadership. She was she is the foundation of everything at this time that I stand in as an executive director or as a CEO. And she's the one who also knew I was a leader. So that was the first part. And then she said, you, how are you treating her as a lead? So she had something to move into. Now, when you have someone telling you that now I had to like, she was, I want to spake my staff, but I was being spanked. Who you want her to be. Mm-hmm. So give her that example. And she was the least amongst us. Yes. Who am I to tell her what she's not doing? And she has no, I can't. She has no frame of reference. I'm constantly for that. trying to tell people how to be, but yet we don't tell them or show them what we mean by that. Yeah. We expect people to be minded constantly. If I want you to be good, well, what does good mean to me? Do you, are we on the same accord of that goodness? Spirituality, sacredness is not about me pushing my my faith, but it is me taking up taking it apart. And what does it look like if you don't know what my spirituality is? Am I standing in integrity to what I commend as the best of me? Because wherever the sacred stands, there is only good. I don't believe in the division of goodness and badness. I believe in element that something. When we're not our best, that is the human side of us. When we are at our best, that is the divine part of us. It's like the fall of, of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. I have a choice between this tree of knowledge. Which side am I going to, what fruit am I going to pick? The fresh, ripe one of organic sweetness? Or am I going to sit here and chew on some rotten stuff, which is my stuff? And sometimes we eat a lot of spoiled stuff. Sometimes our ego makes us not look at our stuff. Exactly. Because we think it tastes really good. Yeah. When we don't even realize, feed that to someone else and they stick in the door. There was something I heard this morning that one of the spiritual leaders that I listened to said, and it, he was talking about right or wrong, good and bad. And he said, there isn't really 
a good and bad or right or wrong. It's what you <laughs> attach to it that makes yeah. it that way. You know, there's action, but you decide on if it's bad or if it's good. And then you act accordingly. You, right. you, you take in guilt, you take in shame, you take in all these different things based on what you have decided in your head you know, it's what it is. And then one of my favorite definitions of, of a spiritual leader says the spiritual leader understands the importance of employees finding meaning in their work and demonstrates a genuine concern for the whole person, not just the employee. So when you right. talked about the honored elder that guided you and let you know in no uncertain terms, what are you doing to make this situation different? Where's the transformative change in how you are dealing with this youngin who you knew when you hired her that she didn't know some of the things that you would need her to know. So she's going to need that guidance. <laughs> Say that again. But I was expecting her to know. Right. You know? Exactly. Like yes. Hypocrisy, you know? Yeah. But that's because I feel some of that is because this is how we ourselves have been treated. They can give you the book learning about something. They can even send you to trainings. But the actual experience is where the knowledge and the retaining of that knowledge comes from. So she wouldn't have been able to get what she needed to get to be better or good even at what you wanted her to be good at until she was actually in that chair and she had that guidance from you as the leader. So well, wait a minute. I got something better than that. She was me. I was about to do what my predecessor did to me years ago, that firing, because I wasn't ready. But if they stopped me and taught me, right. I might have been more than they thought. Yeah. So Dr. George has shifted full generational curses. I helped another young woman in the same place I was. So I healed my own wounds by helping her heal and move into her greatness. And I are still this young woman, I have hired her again to the company I work at now, and she's my consultant. Look at she that. is my right hand. We have grown into, her family has invited me to their homes. I've, I've been there through her growth and her new stuff. She just finished where she is. She went to Chapel Hill. Listen. You know, full, full scholarship. But I was there writing that recommendation letter for her to get there. Success and leads to success. Then, like, she helped me. If I didn't try to get fired in the way it was, it like it caused me to stop and be like, wow, that was my mess up because I wasn't ready, but no one took the time. Mm -hmm. So it taught me now when I hire people, I truly, instead of saying probation, I say, you're in a training process. All right. Because it takes off that pressure. Yeah. Probation. But yeah. it's also, it reminds me they're mm -hmm. in training. Exactly. Let them come into their role and we'll see where they are. I love this because it so illustrates how success leads to success and how as we grow, we can help others grow. You know, yes. it's, it's kind of like yes. a cyclical thing, but it's also something that we're building on. So that transformative change really affects so many different aspects of what we think about and what we define for ourselves as mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. I love it. So. Oh, my goodness. I think that we forget. Mm -hmm. We all have had bosses of absolute freaking hell. Why do so many of us want to repeat that when we knew what it felt like? I, I don't understand why. You, if you know the pain and the stress and the aggravation and the headaches and the inability to almost even function and the ulcers and anything the else. trauma. Of pain, of stuff, why then do you get into that role and repeat the viciousness and 
you're most likely hurting the ones who are the weakest in it. It's kind so of I'm like very clear when I have my staff meetings, I have briefings with my staff. Uh -huh. What do you want me to work on? How can I support you? Do you need for me to tell you what to do? Do you need a little bit me leaning on you a little bit more? Because not everyone can work independently. Yeah. And we need to stop thinking that there's a one size fit all. Because I knew back in the days I was quite cute and skinny. I'm a thick little piece of thing now. I don't fit those clothes. And so why can't we think that everybody got to fit the same size because you read a book? There you go. Like I said earlier, yes, the book gives me the fundamentals. It doesn't matter. You have to take a, a, a test to get your permit. Until you get behind the wheel, you don't know how to drive. And as leaders, we need to remind people, remind ourselves, just because I have a title and I might have the degree does not mean that I'm above being kind. That's the biggest thing I've realized is that there have been leaders, leadership that has been so toxic. And some people don't even know how good they might have a boss mm -hmm. until they until they hit. And then it's like, I'm being good to you. But I've also had to terminate that mm -hmm. because don't take my kindness for weakness. But understand that I'm here to help you. Mm -hmm. And if I have more time with you in the office than your family does, let me try to make it as, as decent as possible. Sure. You want that experience to be something that they can use to funnel their own success. Exactly. So I don't yeah. even try to hold on to staff forever. Right. I give, I ask them, can you give me two years? If you like it in the first year, would you be willing to give me another one? Now, if you get another opportunity, that's great. But I'm asking you for a commitment, if you can, up to two years. And I'm asking you, if you want another job, do not think you cannot tell me. I'm not your, I'm not married to you. I'm not expecting a forever from you. Yeah. But I need you to tell me if you're going to leave so that I can prepare mm -hmm. for the possibility. And if you don't get that job, keep going. Let me look at your resume and see where we need to make some changes. Mm -hmm. the type of boss I am. I'm not getting pissed if you leave me. I get upset if you do it and not, you didn't tell me because it's like, well, was there something I needed to do? You know, I can certainly see through this conversation, how your leadership perspective has certainly changed in this position and how your definition of success in the context of the work that you're doing really, really emphasizes a kind of compassionate and spiritual leadership. But also, I love how you are emphasizing the success of the organization through the success of those, not just who you serve, but those who are doing the work. And I think that is really important in terms of how people traditionally, I guess, or maybe from that colonialist perspective, think of leadership as somebody who is at the top and who is for a lot of intents and purposes is unapproachable by the least of them, so to speak. But I feel like you are doing something that really resonates with that everybody is important to the success of yeah. the whole. It's really community. 100%. Yeah, it's really community. I'm not trying to do the job. I'm not trying to master everyone's position. Thank everyone you. has their lane. Everyone mm -hmm. does their. But what I have you doing, I need you to do it. Wow. Excellent. With excellence, and absolutely. Your best. There's days you might be sick. Mm -hmm. But kind of, I, I've helped my staff. This is not, you know, I can hear the story. I'm willing to hear you going through sometimes. But this is life. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Yeah. I still need you to be present at work. Yes. You need to be able to shift that because that's part of leadership. The only difference that makes a leader from, I think, those who, who are not in leadership roles is that I can take on a little bit more stressful situations and I know how to maneuver them better. Mm -hmm. I spend more time at work than my staff do. Mm -hmm. I'm also, that's 
that's my own store. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm a workaholic on some levels. Not mm -hmm. all the time I'm getting better, but that is something. So mm -hmm. my thing is just do your, your best. And you said the biggest piece of uh, something else that I do, and I kind of remind myself because I do run a nonprofit. We are the ambassadors of our community. Mm. We are the act, the action players of taxpayers. Okay. So when we do what we do, we must do it with the best intention and not to hurt our community that we say we're serving. Right. So I'm always talking about how are you being in service during mm -hmm. our staff meetings? How, how is this going to affect the service? How is it going to affect the mission of what we're doing? Mm -hmm. So that guidance role is also reminding those who are actually boots on the ground of the bigger picture of what the mission is and how we are set to fulfill that mission. And hopefully um, at some point, service would no longer be needed because we have created that transformative change that needed to happen. Yes, indeed. Spiritual leadership is a thing, and more importantly, a good thing. Dr. Charles illustrates, as a guiding force in her nonprofit work and in her soul work, how success is connected to how we care for ourselves and for others. This episode's whole word comes from 78-year-old motivational king, Les Brown. Life is lived moving forward. Put your energy towards that goal or dream. This could be the best time to move it out of your head. Start taking action to build on it. What one step can you take now to bring it closer to fulfillment? Hmm? This episode's declaration, I am leading by example. I put love in all my interactions. I am safe and ready to grow. I am leading by example. I put love in all my interactions. I am safe and ready to grow. One more time. I am leading by example. I put love in all my interactions. I am safe and ready to grow. Repeat it as is or adapt its positive energy to suit you. Remember to keep your declaration in the present tense. You know the vibes. Success creates success. Be sure to check out our next and final episode of Working Success with Nicole Charles as we dive into how working success is a community thing. Thank you for choosing Sister Chat with Deb B, Living Success Fully, for your listening and learning pleasure. I send you peace and blessings wherever you are. Keep divine light in your sight. As some of my Caribbean elders would say, walk good, which means take care of yourself. Until next time, remember, success is yours. We are the dreams of our ancestors realized. You are a miracle at your age. <laughs>